Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish. Trish, you are in the big tent. You are competing in the Great British Baking Show. It's, it's cake week or whichever week you prefer. What are you baking for your first showstopper bake? My first showstopper bake. I believe I'm going to, this is a great question, by the way, because I love that show. I am going to go with a Victoria sponge, something with a Victoria sponge, because I actually, after watching, I don't know, three or four seasons binging on it, I went and bought the Mary Berry cookbook, one of them, and uh, I made a Victoria sponge quite successfully, I might add. So yes, I'm going to go with some sort of, it would probably be shaped like a gazebo with multiple fountains <laughs> around it as my showstopper. Some sort of a, you know what, I think because uh, right now, uh, this would be the time of year we would be going to Singapore for HR Tech Festival and, and going to HR Tech China when it was originally scheduled. And so yes, it would have some sort of a, an Asian theme, Victoria nice. Sponge. How about you? Nice. What would you what would you make? What would be your your signature bake? And I, I don't really if you say beer bread, that's probably what you're gonna pick. Yeah, I like <laughs> Irish soda bread, although I've never actually oh. made it. I'm uh, not much of a baker. Perhaps some kind of a pie. I think I could do like oh, they okay. do savory, right? Sometimes on, on pie pie week, I would do some sort of a savory pie, I think. I'd have to maybe invent one. Like I would try to marry my barbecue skill with a pie some sort of barbecue pie i don't know if that's even a thing but that's what i would make it i think it is a thing you could make sort of you could make like a twist on a shepherd's pie or something you may have yes. to try that you know with like, like cornbread or, or beer bread on top of the the barbecue meat that I actually like sounds it. kind of oddly good i'm writing that down barbecue shepherd's pie all right that's what i'm making summertime there you go so now, so so when our guest comes on, you'll have to ask the question and see All what, right, the, I will. Uh, what the big what the big reveal will be, right? Yes. And speaking <laughs> of that, let's let's welcome our guest today uh, from our friends at Paycheck. Today, our guest is Allison Stevens. She is the director of HR services at Paychex, who is the leading provider of HR payroll benefits and insurance solutions for more than 670,000 businesses. Allison's team is comprised of nearly. This is crazy, Trish. 800 HR professionals who are responsible for providing HR outsourcing services, including professional employer organization, PEO, and administrative service organization, ASO, to HR services clients across the U.S. Her career in HR and leadership spans 25 years in the professional services and HCM outsourcing industries. Allison, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Are really you a baker? Oh, I am. Are, all right, let's 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 hear it. What would and, you like um, whip up? Funny story. Like I'm not the best baker in my family. There's like high levels of baking competition happening in my family. So oh, wow. we're oh, yeah, we're always sending pictures to each other of things we've baked. Yeah, it's it's big. Um, I would bake. I just did this for the first time. So I don't know if you guys know Allison Roman. So famous. Um, for her recipes that have been featured in the New York Times, her lemmick, and that would be my submission if I had to compete. Also love the show, been watched wow. a, lot, a lot of them. How did it turn out when you made it since that was your first time? Did it, did it do well or? It was, it was delicious. I um, took a few <laughs> liberties. So sometimes I tend to experiment, which can go really badly, but this time it went really well. It was fantastic. 
That's good. You know what? I think that is, um, it's interesting you say you're from a family of, you know, people that bake and I think that's something too. Baking is so precise, but I do think there's something to it. If you, if you're someone who can take some liberties and at least, you know, maybe it's using a different kind of fruit or a different flavoring or whatever. Um, I think those sometimes come out even better than what a recipe will. So I'm, I'm the same way. I'll try all sorts of things. Yeah. 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 Just, uh, you know, do a little bit of experimentation. You never know. So. Well, good. Well, you know what? It's interesting. Um, now that everyone is at home and really not going anywhere, right? No sports, no right. concerts, no whatever. I, I feel like everyone I'm talking to, whether they were, you know, a cook or a baker before this, they're definitely much more into experimenting and trying new things and, and having more home cooked meals. So um, that's been really interesting. I think a lot of people are sort of embracing this time to learn. So yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I feel like um, I've definitely indulged in the baked goods department. So, <laughs> but also everyone's it's working that, out just a tad yeah, bit more. So exactly it's, <laughs> right. You have to balance it, right? It's like how many yeah. calories you consume and how many you'll burn on your your workout class online, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, well, good. Well, welcome to the show. We are so glad you're here. And uh, obviously, um, you know, as as listeners know, Paychecks uh, is a sponsor of the HR happy hour. And, um, and, you know, just, we're so grateful for that relationship, but we were really excited to have you on because I think one of the, one of the most surprising things for me, whenever I really first started talking to paychecks was the fact that you do have so many, um, really highly experienced HR professionals who are there to, you know, in your department was 800, Steve mentioned, um, that are there to really help the customers. And I think that's such a unique thing. Not, not every um, provider has that sort of support. So that was really kind of the impetus of having you on the show to talk about, because I think you're the one that's sort of leading the team that has that really close ongoing interaction um, with clients in a whole different way, other than just sort of um, technical, if you will, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. You're actually walking exactly. them through some of their some of their problems, and especially in a, in a company where it's more small businesses, sometimes those might be the only HR professionals or very, very small HR teams, and, you know, they could use the extra support. So um, I guess my, you know, my first question is, could you tell us just a little bit about, you know, especially in times like this, where there's a lot of chaos and, and you know, maybe, maybe small to even smaller mid-sized businesses didn't really have a really solid plan in place of how to deal with something like this. Um, what, what kind of calls are you getting? What is your team uh, doing um, with your customers and, you know, some of the stories that they're, they're experiencing and, and dealing with right now? Yes. So um, goes without saying that um, for every week that has gone by, particularly over the past you know, nine to 10 weeks, it's, it's evolved um, and has continued to evolve. So in the early weeks of you know, the pandemic, our team of HR professionals, we saw a lot of questions coming in from clients about just how to navigate COVID-19 cases, how to navigate employees that may have just returned from travel, um, travel overseas, what to do if they were displaying symptoms, um, and then consideration of remote work options, what to do when they needed to quickly bring their employees, if this was a, an option, quickly bring their employees into a work from home capacity. Um, in fact, you know, we had an example of a client who reached out to us. They ran a small religious school and didn't know what to do. Um, and we helped guide them through like, here are some options you could consider. So you could a continue to keep your staff employed, but then also to continue to serve your students, 
you know, through tools like Zoom or other ways to conference in with your students. And um, we're really able to keep that client uh, continuing to service their students. And, you know, our HR professionals will be able to, to help them through um, what their options might be. And then at about like weeks three, four, maybe five, um, we shifted to you know, what to do around making decisions when you're faced with laying off employees or furloughing employees. So we helped guide our clients and gave them effective recommendations on um, not just what to do, but how to do it and how to do it uh, effectively. Um, and then also, you know, with that came some leave management questions, you know, what to do if employees were, um, were sick or unable to report to work um, for a whole variety of reasons. And then you know, more recently over the past couple of weeks, and I expect this to continue, is then, you know, what safety measures need to be in place um, when clients and businesses are able to bring their employees back to work. So, you know, we've, we've really learned a lot over the past several weeks. Um, and I think, you know, the work that we're doing to help guide our clients through these uncharted waters um, will just continue lots of opportunity to continue to help them and particularly right now help them bring their employees back to work if they're in a position to do so. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting too when you have a, a, a large group of HR professionals, I mean, sort of things you're going through, um, a lot of those other than maybe in, in such a big crisis mode, obviously that part is new, but um, you know, a lot of larger companies might have more of these cases on a regular basis. So they might have a little bit more um, experience dealing with that, but you're right. Like having a smaller business, you might not, you might not have that many leave cases, for example, or you might not have, you know, uh, that many, you know, if you have one layoff, that might be a lot, one or two, as opposed to dealing with hundreds. So, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. yeah, I can see how having, having your team there would be really just a, a benefit, you know, is that support, because that's the thing too. Um, when I was thinking about, you know, our conversation today coming up, I was thinking about, you know, if I, if I were back in the role of an HR practitioner in a small business, sometimes you do feel very alone. You know, it's a little bit of being an island. So having sort of that support system in place is, is really got to be a, a comfort, even if they're not using it a lot, right? Just knowing they could. Um, what kinds of reactions are you getting from the people that are calling in or emailing or, or reaching out? Are they, are they feeling more confident knowing that they sort of have that or are they still quite hesitant? What's the overall kind of mood? Uh, I, I'm glad you asked that question. I am incredibly proud of the team that I lead. I receive um, so many emails direct from clients. Um, we're hearing from them regularly on just how supported they do feel. So they don't feel alone. They're very appreciative of the ability for our HR professionals you know, beyond just answering their questions and providing them with that recommendation, just to be there um, as a support system and a voice to help them, you know, be heard and listened mm -hmm. and talk through, you know, their questions and concerns, uh, given that, you know, they've had to face some really difficult decisions, whether it's to, you know, lay off one employee or employees displaying symptoms, and they need to be sure they're ensuring the safety of the rest of their, their workforce. So, um, yeah. it's been fantastic. We've heard some really, really great feedback from our clients. Oh, good. Yeah, this, Allison, this is such a great story and so interesting to me. And I'll, I'll go all the way back to the first example you gave around the religious school that you guys work with. And that to me, when I, my note I wrote down as you were talking was this doesn't even sound like HR 
service and consulting. This is business consulting, legitimate, right? Mm -hmm. You're Mm -hmm. trying to find ways to help this business um, keep functioning and support their employees and support the people that they're serving as well, which I think, A, is an incredible, so kudos to that. And also, I think then it dovetails into my sort of second comment, and I apologize, this is not so much a question as a comment, but I'd love your thoughts on it, is... So many providers in our space, right? There's lots of them. There are hundreds. There's probably thousands of them, right? Selling HR software of some kind. But like a smart software executive once told me or told lots of people, also including me, he told, that software as a service, the software part's not really the important part, right? It's the service part, which is truly the differentiator and the really important part. And I can't think of a a more uh, apt description of why that's true. And I do believe that's true than the story of, of how you guys are serving these clients, especially in times of need. I guess maybe then I'll, that's just a statement. So kudos to that. And then my, here's my question though. I'm interested in this is, especially it's busy. You're getting lots and lots of calls. You have hundreds and hundreds of HR professionals. Do they, are they able to really kind of develop a relationship with the customers that they're supporting and kind of get to know them? And like when they call up, do, is, it, is it like really calling a trusted HR advisor almost as if that person worked in their firm? And I'd love for you to comment on how the relationship works. Absolutely. So um, we recently actually made some changes to our model that enables our HR professionals to deliver even more value to our customers. So we move from best practices um, to effective recommendations. So we are serving as that strategic business partner and helping with them and consulting with them. And the way to do that is we have to understand their business. So we're really getting to know them, not just, Hey, you know, question to, Hey, like I need you to understand what's happening at my business. And so that relationship um, really goes beyond just a handshake and has really developed into a hug where, you know, that hug is now virtual. Uh, but our, our HR professionals um, really make connections and they're servicing their clients in a dedicated fashion. I, I have to tell you, I, as someone who is probably just feeling like best practices have been just overused forever, mm-hmm. it's a relief. It's a relief to hear that that's not really the approach, right? Because sometimes a best practice just doesn't work. It just doesn't fit, especially in a small business. You know, again, it could be family owned. It could be, you know, there's just all these nuances of, of these businesses. And um, I I love that idea. I think, let me ask you this, from the perspective of someone being on your team, I would imagine they would feel more valuable and like they're learning more and being able to kind of like, you know, flex their muscles differently if they are really understanding all of these different businesses. Because I think as an HR pro, sometimes that's, that's hard if you've worked maybe just at one company your whole career, right? Here, if they're working on your team, they're really working in all these different industries potentially. What Absolutely. kind of feedback do what kind of feedback do the the people on the team give you? My other just kind of a, a related question about the team is what what is their uh, mood as these weeks have gone on? Because again, you're dealing with a a group of people who are also going through it, right? So not only do they have to kind of calm and and steady their own nerves in order to help someone else, right? Uh, it's sort of could you maybe talk about both? So. How are they feeling as team members in that regard? And then how are they feeling in terms of the ability to deal with companies in all these different industries? Sure, those are great questions. I think the first answer on how are they feeling um, as far as you know, this service model and being able to serve as that strategic business partner, we've had a phenomenal response. Their engagement um, is fantastic. And I 
have you know talked to many of my team members and they feel like they now have that seat at the table. So when I talk about you know, being a strategic partner and, and not just an HR consultant, but a consultant to their business, you know, they feel like they're an extension of their staff. Um, and so it's really worked well. And from an HR perspective, as HR professionals, they want to go deep into the issues and be able to provide an, an effective recommendation versus kind of keeping things at arm's length and just sort of keeping things high level. Now they can go, you know, much deeper into the issues and questions that their clients may have with respect to how have they felt over the past you know, several weeks, it's, it started off really challenging, right? The volume of questions and calls we were getting was incredible. Um, the, the work you know, doubled um, with respect to the volume of interactions our, our HRGs were having. Wow. That said, um, we've done all we can to be supportive, um, communicate early and often, provide them with what they need, um, so, you know, we're lucky to have over 200 compliance specialists on the Paychex team, um, as well as you know, legal resources that have really helped us to ensure that our HRGs continue to be thought leaders and consultants to our clients. So, you know, it took us a while, but once we got into our rhythm, um, it's been busy, but it's been fantastic. Our, our HR professionals, again, still feel like they are part of that solution, whether it be that small business with five employees, you know, or, or a business with 250, um, right. Uh, it's, it's really, I think been rewarding and difficult at the same time. Allison, I'd love to ask you maybe pivot a little bit from the, the sort of the direct engagements and, and the, the direct ways you guys are supporting your customers to thinking more just a little bit internally, but also, um, in ways that might be more relevant or applicable to other leaders of large organizations. So you're a leader in a large organization that yourselves had to make a pretty dramatic pivot, right, to working from home, uh, probably primarily, but also dealing with the increased volume, as you suggested. Are there things you have learned as you've gone through this process, you with your team, right, of just sort of supporting 800 plus people in dramatic changes, working from home, maybe their own sort of checking in on their own mental health and well-being themselves, mentioned communication. What are some of the things you've learned as a leader that might be interesting and relevant to the folks listening to this show or sort of dealing with their own organizations through big changes and, and continuing change? Sure. Um, you know, at Paytex, we had to move quickly, right? We moved over 95% of our work force, you know, 15,000 employees into a work from home capacity. That included my organization. I think probably one of the biggest takeaways I have had is communication um, and being supportive. And even though, you know, you don't have that luxury of walking into someone's office or having one of your employees walk into your office to be able to sort of see them. Um, we have really spent a lot of time focusing on our employees' well-being. We have weekly calls, uh, I host a weekly all hands call where we've had various speakers, um, everyone from our director of benefits to talk about well-being and mental health support um, to, you know, providing deeper dives into, you know, some of the more recent regulations that have passed. So really continuing to maintain a sense of community, um, even though that community is now virtual, I think is probably one of the biggest things I've taken away that we cannot, just because we're all in our homes, um, we really have to keep our heads up and make sure that we continue to collaborate, partner, communicate, and talk to each other and listen. So when someone needs something, be sure we're being there for our employees 
um, because there might be now situations that you know they didn't anticipate, whether it's care for a child or you know a family member who might become ill, you know, within their own family, right? To just always be at the pulse of how our employees are, are feeling to be sure they feel fully supported. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it seems like in times like this too, the one the one or one good thing that's coming out of it is just a, a greater sense of understanding, right? That things like that could happen. We do, we all have to be prepared for that because today, tomorrow, the next day, something could drastically change and you need your team members to be able to, to help you. So I do think it's been interesting. Again, you know, we've, we've had lots of conversations with paychecks over this last, you know, 10 weeks or so. And um, I feel like the one thing I've, I've been really happy to see is that not only are you helping your, your, clients, which is very important, um, you're taking, it seems like the company's taking the learnings that you all are experiencing as a company, as you mentioned, moving 95% of your staff to um, a work from home scenario. And, but then you're also sharing that information back out, you know, on your website with, with many resources for companies who may not even be your, your clients. So it's sort of a, you know, uh, helps the community at large. It helps employers at large, it helps your clients, but then it also helps yourselves. So I just feel like, again, you know, Steve kind of alluded to, there are just a lot of companies out there um, in our space and not everyone is doing that. So I, I, I'm really appreciative actually, because, um, you know, even Steve and I as small business owners, we've, we've used the mm -hmm. paychecks resources quite a bit over the last two, three months ourselves. So um, it's, we're just really grateful to, to all of the sharing you're doing of the learning, which is yes. amazing. It's been fantastic to be a part of the team that has collaborated across paychecks to develop that content, yeah. um, putting it out on our, our paychecks.com site. You see that COVID you know, help center pop up as soon as you go to our site. And every day we're refreshing it with more and more content, with tools, We've done some some great webinars, you know, featuring featuring members of my team over the past few weeks on just you know navigating COVID nineteen in the workplace to return to work, um, both state, state state specific as well as just you know national concerns for America's businesses. So you know having all that information out there uh, is is truly really proud um, of all of the work that's gone into putting that information out there, so yeah. that you know everyone can access it. It's really great. Thank you for mentioning the webinars on return to work. I wasn't aware that was out there. So mm -hmm. again, for the listeners, not only is it the whole, you know, the whole um, COVID sort of help center, if you will, but it's, yeah, just knowing that, I mean, that's something that people are just now really starting to think about. So um, again, I, I think that just shows you've got some really current and fresh things as it changes day to day, even as they're making mm -hmm. these decisions, which is, is very valuable right now. Yeah. Speaking of, of, of returning to work and sort of re- opening and et cetera, just because earlier today, Trish, you and I were having a discussion about these topics, right? Because hopefully in many places in the country, we're starting to really think about it and we're starting to really enact kind of a reopening. And, and that does come with a lot of um, a risk. It comes with a lot of uh, concern. I'd, Allison, I'd love for you maybe to either from what you're hearing from your team members or what they're hearing from their customers and or both, right? What what are some of the, I know you're getting questions on the return from work and the reopening and do you get the sense that we're you know across from what you're hearing people are really really concerned it's it, it's it's going to be a slow kind of thing uh, 
issues about just safety concern, people not really wanting to return from work. I'd love to hear what you're hearing because you're much closer to it than, than I am. And I, mm -hmm. I'm so, so fascinated about what you're hearing on this topic. I am too. Um, I think I've, uh, I can now admit I'm obsessed with return to work. <laughs> so, um, I love it. A lot um, of people will be very happy to hear you are. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I, I am fascinated by what I think is a really big conversation around safety. Um, in fact, just today, we um, released a result of a survey that we conducted uh, just last week, where we talked with a random selection of, of U.S. businesses across the country with, you know, size from two employees to 500. And um, those results are out on our website um, under our paychecks.com works section, W-O-R-X. And we learned the following. Um, the top five concerns that those businesses had about reopening, uh, not enough customers are going to return. Mm. Um, they'd feel guilty if their um, employees or customers became ill. Um, their concerned employees may become infected after returning to work. Their ability to gain this, get the supplies they need to, you know, maintain and run their business, right? Supplies, mm -hmm. the parts, you know, kind of the, sure. the rules of distribution. And then the five, five, top five steps they're taking to reopen safely. So, you know, cleaning the workplace more often offering you know, limited service or a capacity that they can operate to maintain social distancing rules, requiring PPE, um, allowing employees to work from home like we talked about before and providing flexible work hours. So you know, as I looked at the results of, of those conversations, it lined up for me with, with what I've been seeing and hearing, what we've been hearing with our, from our clients. And you know, for us really, it's about implementing a really strong safety protocol, even before you consider opening your doors, mm -hmm. um, right? How do you, you know, review those potential areas of risk? Um, what are those remote options, work options that you can still maintain even if your business opens? Um, you know, what does you know your state may require you to, you know, provide PPE for your employees? What does that look like? You know, even such things as you know you might need to consider. Um, staggering your breaks. How many people can actually be in your, your workplace? Um, do you need to put in social distancing markers like you see at the supermarket right now? So um, lots of considerations that, that all employers need to be thinking about even in advance of opening their doors. You know, I wonder too, if it, in a way, will it maybe be easier thinking through these safety steps and safety measures just because we are all impacted? It's not like it's it's not like it's one city or an isolated small town or something like that where it's like, oh, we can all sort of think about it, but we're not really dealing with it. It's um, maybe also just our perspective as consumers, like you mentioned, the supermarkets, obviously, regardless of where you live in our country, um, if you go into any type of store that is open, mm -hmm. uh, significant measures have been taken and, you know, the, the PPEs and whatnot. So maybe that, just the fact that we're all kind of getting used to that as consumers will make us a little more comfortable than returning to work if those measures are also in place. At least I would hope so. Absolutely. And, you know, we're providing resources, you know, on our public site for, mm -hmm. you know, not just our clients, but for U.S. businesses to, you know, take a look and consider what are those steps they may want to consider to ensure that, 
you know, both their employees and maybe even their customers, right, that will need to feel comfortable um, walking into a business um, when, you know, when they're ready to do so. So yeah. I guess that's because lots of things to consider. Right now, there's, there aren't any real experts, you know, it's like no. we're all kind of going through this together. And so it really could be um, an employer that has five employees that kind of figures out a really great way to, to implement, you know, something happening that could then be applied to a, a 500 person company or a 5,000 person company, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And we're, word travels fast now, right? Like oh everyone is very focused on it, right? So, <laughs> you know, you might hear, well, this grocery store has done this, you yes. know, and therefore then people are, you know, more apt to tra- to go into that grocery store because they feel safer. And I think, you know, as, as reopening continues to evolve and develop, you know, I think we might see some of that as well. And, and employers are really going to be looking, um, you know, across their industries to see, you know, what are the, those top actions that need to be taken to keep their employees and their customers safe. And I love how the survey that you mentioned, Alice, and some of the results you talked about, it's not just the people issues, the internal people issues, which are certainly hugely important, but they're also wrapped up in supply chain issues, consumer demand issues, and, and external regulatory issues too, which illustrates to me how complex and challenging, but also how fascinating I think I'm also obsessed with the return right, to work right. thing right now, Allison, for right. some different reasons. But um, <laughs> but um, I think this is super. So we'll make sure we link out to this information as well uh, in the show notes because uh, I think this is I think this is the next topic, right, for the next six months, maybe longer, right, in, in HR and in workplaces. This is the thing we're going to be spending most of our time talking about. I think. Agreed. Yeah. Well, we've talked for so many years about what the future of work looks like and lots of, again, many different ideas. I think now's the time you're going to see some of those um, put into practice and we'll see if it works, right? We'll see mm-hmm. if having more people working from home works, you know, we'll see, we'll just, we'll actually be doing it. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be interesting. I think too, it's also whenever there are times of great struggle, that's also a time of great innovation. Um, I was actually, it was funny. I was talking with uh, with a person in our industry this morning who was saying that um, her nail salon, which is not open yet, but is again, thinking through these same things, a very small business, thinking through without much guidance on how do they make their customers safe and wanting to come back. And she was talking about the things they learned from looking at the grocery stores and, you know, other businesses, um, what they're doing. And so she was talking about, you know, to get a pedicure, or a manicure, like they had the big plexiglass walls that were being put up. And she said, you know, so she went because she was the only one in there. And she said, it was like, you had to stick your hand through the the hole in the plexiglass, like a ticket booth in order to get your nails done. But so again, it's just, who would have ever thought just a few short months ago that that would even be a conversation uh, that someone's having, but, um, but that's reality. So I think that's good though, that you, even the very small businesses are trying to learn from the larger ones that are open and vice versa. So it's everyone's ideas or innovations are so impactful. Exactly. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who works in a hair salon and she texted me a picture of um, what her future is going to look like. So she had a plexiglass um, shield on her face, a hat, a cape, um, a mask, and we were just going back and forth um, around. Like a superhero. You know, yeah, right? Like <laughs> what, what that new world will be like when, you know, she can go back to work. Yeah, it's, it's something we're all, all dealing with. I will say I will be very glad. My, my stylist, I probably message with her every day and we still have not seen each other yet. But, um, but 
yeah, just thinking about what that looks like. And we, we do talk about it a lot because in the meantime, I, well, I have my hair, you know, luckily we're not on video. I have, I actually just put some purple in my hair. It's like braided back today, but um, yeah, I think to cover grays, I'm, I'm going to great lengths at this point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, no, yes. But yeah, the, I mean, it is, it's funny to think about all the things that have just changed and it's our whole world has changed really quickly. So that's, what's hard too, is just kind of keeping keeping yourself calm to deal with it, keeping, if you're a team leader, what, what would you say? Um, it just makes me think like you, you do have quite a large team and, and you are dealing with a lot of clients as well. What is something that you've found helpful to yourself personally? What keeps you kind of calm when there's a lot of chaos? What are you doing? Maybe that's really a little bit of self-care that you might recommend to other people. I would say I, had to improve my ability to focus on self-care um, because when it started, I was guilty of not moving from my computer um, for very long periods of time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so guilty as charged yeah. and then realized that that uh, wasn't, wasn't going to work. So for me, um, I'm taking time out to exercise. Um, I take a bar class and I've been really uh, fortunate that our trainer has continued the classes on Zoom twice a week. Oh, so I don't miss a, I don't miss a class. <laughs> um, and, you know, just getting outside, getting some fresh air, taking a walk, just that, you know, couple of minutes to reset, um, to just get, look, at, look at something other than, than um, my laptop for a few minutes has really helped and just making time for it. It's amazing how good outside feels now. Oh, I, feels I feel like I appreciate it in such a different way. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. I've never wanted to hike so much in my life. Right. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not right? a hiker, but boy, I've been several times. And Yes. Yeah, the same. Same. And just finding like areas of my town. I'm like, this is gorgeous. Like, how come I haven't been there before? So taking that on to something there right to explore so many people yeah. say that like yeah. within a two mile radius of your home how many mm -hmm. awesome things there are are parks or mm -hmm. you know I've seen more birds uh, than I've ever noticed before I've you know yeah all sorts of things well listen before I know we're, we're kind of coming to a close here I do want to actually talk a little bit about paychecks because they are sponsors of the HR happy hour and I mean, obviously from our conversation, it's, it's clear that, you know, business owners are going through a time of this unprecedented uncertainty and just challenges that none of us ever anticipated. Um, obviously you've demonstrated paychecks really understands this. It's not just lip service. You're actually both, you know, taking it from your internal, internal perspective, you're applying it to your clients and then you're also sharing it with the community at large. So, um, you know, many organizations out there who are maybe not currently customers are concerned about business continuity, um, making their payroll, ensuring the health and safety of their employees, and they're starting to turn to paychecks to help. So from solving your cash flow issues to managing state unemployment insurance to navigating new HR and regulatory environments, paychecks is supporting businesses through this turbulent time. And they can visit you at paychecks.com to find out more about how they can help you. Yes, and also we'll direct them to check out the, the, the return to work survey stuff that we talked about on the Paychecks work site as well, because yeah. like right after we finish recording, I'm going to go. I'm going to go check it out. <laughs> Excellent. I love that. Awesome. You know I would it's say, been, too, oh, go ahead. Gonna, Sorry, since this won't post for a couple of days, uh, I think, too, we'll, we'll start tweeting it out now um, mm -hmm. in advance of the show, because that is a great resource. 
Terrific. Absolutely. Allison, so great to meet you. Great to have this conversation. And uh, congratulations on everything you, you and your team are doing. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Thank you both. It was a real pleasure to talk to both of you. Awesome. All right. Uh, we will make sure to get all the links out in the show notes. Um, just Trish, return to work. That's all I want to talk about for the next little while. So I know. Get used I to think it. you just want to argue with me. Possibly. Find, find more controversial start back to work things and then we'll all right. argue it out. All right. Well, good stuff. <laughs> um, okay. So this has been the HR Happy Hour Show. Uh, for our guest, Allison Stevens, for Trish McFarland, my name is Steve Bose. Make sure to subscribe to the HR Happy Hour Show wherever you get your podcasts. And you can visit us at the new and improved and continually improving hrhappyhour.net. Thanks for listening and bye for now.